Welcome to CritterCast episode 54. 54? Yeah. Seems like 54. 54. We are doing a fun thing this episode. (laughs) Just a a weird, it's weird to podcast alone. I don't know if you feel that, but it feels... you should um, pull up a picture of me on your your phone or your computer. Just have it right there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, theoretically, we could we could like do this with video, but then we have to extract the audio from the video right. recording, and then it's just a whole mess. We don't so, want to do that. No, nobody wants to do no. that. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much to our loyal listeners for tuning in to this episode of CritterCast. We missed you. Yes, we did. Wait, who are we? Oh, right. <laughs> I'm so good at that usually too. My name's I'm Karina. <laughs> and my name is Cassie. And, and we, we are, are your hosts. Your co-hosts of this most wonderful, wacky, weird, wild podcast all about animals. Woohoo. Yes. And, uh, and we're usually much better at this. <laughs> Look, we're A, a little out of practice because we took an unintentional hiatus and mm-hmm. e, everything is a mess right now. So right. it's fine. I It'll also be- would not even barely call this a hiatus. Like it was only one episode that we missed, you know? That's true. That's true. Please and don't. it's because in addition to the whole world gone crazy, you were also moving at the oh same time. Oh my God. <laughs> it was crazy. It was insanity. So that's what's different. If you're wondering what's different about today's episode, it's that we are not sitting next to each other in our shared living space recording this podcast. We are in two yeah. separate living spaces where we now live virtually recording this. That's right. Um, Abiding by the stay at shelter in place, stay at home. Social distancing, guys. We're we're yep. trying to do it, which wasn't an issue originally with CritterCast because we shared a household. But now that we right. don't share a household, the responsible thing to do is not cross-contaminate our households. Right. Which means that we just have to do the virtual thing for a while on CritterCast. But you know yep. what, friends? We're not here today to talk about coronavirus. We're not here no. to do that. Today we're we're a lovely break we from are. coronavirus. We're going to give you a nice little escape, including obviously yes. some super fun facts about animals, um, some shout outs for some fellow podcasters, and a spotlight Ooh. on some adoptable pets. I love it. And that's All what we're in for happy. today on CritterCast. It's Cassie and Karina, and we're at it again, sharing cool facts about our animal friends. We make stupid jokes and we laugh a lot, but we also like to learn We'll talk about snails and their tweezer teeth Or gush about our love of manatees We'll tell you why owls are so scary to us And there's tons more critters that we'll discuss We promise to make sure you'll have a blast Because you're listening to CritterCast Yay! Welcome Can I request that as one of your quarantines? Oh, oh, you know what? That's a a good idea I should have just done that That would be so awesome um, and I also just want to point out to the CritterCast fans that if there is weird noises from my end of the audio, it's because Bug is sitting on my lap and she's very fascinated by the light bulb on the microphone. <laughs> she's like, I don't know what that is, but I'm going to eat it. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Cassie, are you excited to learn about today's critter? 
Well, I don't know what critter is it. If it's squirrels, the answer is no. <laughs> it's not squirrels because remember I okay. told you what it was going to be. Oh, 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 yes. It's it's sand cats, right? No, because remember I changed my mind. <laughs> oh, man, you missed. Oh, no, it's a sneaky snake. Yeah, yes. Oh, I'm so excited. Today we're going to talk about rough green snakes. <gasps> Yay. Because we were going to talk about sand cats, just like we were going to talk about sand cats last episode, and they keep getting <laughs> postponed. The sand cat episode will be wonderful. We'll get there. Um, but I was watching a video. What? Who is that? Who is that YouTuber that I like? Hmm. I'm going to have to go back and find the name of the YouTube channel. Go Herping. It's oh, called Go Herping. Yes. Right. Um, and they were just doing a little video about these baby rough green snakes that they have in their care currently. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but I need to know. And I love it. And it's adorable. And like, they're so tiny, literally so small. So today everybody's going to learn about them because I needed to learn about them. And that's how yes. CritterCast works. Yes. That's right. So, That's why we're here listening to us indulge in our desire to learn more about fun critters. Exactly. I think everyone's going to love this little, this little guy. So Cassie, take this moment, Google up okay. a picture of a rough green snake, have it there for visual reference. You'll enjoy it. I'll give the, I'll give the listeners a moment to, to get their awes out if they are <laughs> able to safely also look up a picture Ain't we nobody know that driving anywhere. Probably not commuting. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, unless you have an essential job, in which case, power to you. Think for keeping the world running. Um, but otherwise, Google yourself a picture of a rough green snake. Give yourself so an awe, and uh, and we'll get started on some fun facts here. Some basics, but also some fun facts. So bright green, such cute little face, such big eyes. I know it's the eyes. That's what makes it so cute. So the Latin name for the rough green snake is Ophidris aestivus. I really messed that up. I'm yeah, 100% sure. that's fine. I would um, do no better. Specifically, we are talking about rough green snakes. They're part of a larger family, including smooth green snakes and other grass and ribbon snakes. Um, but specifically, we are talking about rough green snakes. Now, this is a non-venomous snake, which... Okay. Always good news. Always nice to yes. hear. And they are colubrids, much like our friends, the corn uh-huh. snake. They do have that shape in their yeah. head. Right. Kind of just like yeah. that one little kind of ovally head instead of a more diamond head um, mm-hmm. and a thinner body with lots more climbing ability. So fun little colubrids, but they're, they're, so they're like the longer, skinnier snakes versus a python that has that bulkier, more muscly body. Right. These guys are native to North America specifically. They go, let's see, they are found through mostly the southeastern U.S. So we wouldn't see them here in California, but they are as far uh, east bummer. as Florida. So about as far as it gets. Um, yep. And as far west as like central Texas, sometimes oh, leaking okay. um, as south as like north, north Mexico. But for the oh, most wow. part, pretty much the northern U.S. is, or the 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 southeastern U.S. is Southeast. where okay. they're from. They like, because they like moist meadows and gotcha. staying near water sources. So there's a lot of nice, rich, moist kind of greenery around those areas. For Lots sure. of humidity, you know? I've got to say, mm-hmm. when I visited Texas, I was not a fan of said humidity. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe most people are not. 
right? We're not we're not rough green snakes. That's the problem. That's the that's the problem with everyone, I think. Right? Yeah. Sometimes these guys are like where they're from, they're commonly called vine snakes because they oh, kind I of look like that. little vines. Yeah. And they are arboreal, so they spend a lot of time nice. hanging out in the in the trees. Um, for those of you that haven't gotten a chance to Google a picture, they are bright, bright green with large yellow eyes. They look like a fake rubber snake toy. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit, but even with, with even bigger eyes, like with doll eyes on a fake snake. With, with like, um, you know, the, the new, um, the new version of beanie babies with the big, huge eyes. Yeah. Yeah, which I don't like on Beanie Babies, but it's really cute on this snake. It's really cute on a snake. I wrote in my notes in all caps, literally so cute. And that's just because when I was like doing the research, just every picture that popped up, I was like, stop it. You're so cute. Get out of here. These guys are super, super tiny snakes. Now they are, they are not considered like the smallest snakes because they do get longer than some of the other snakes that we've actually talked about on this podcast. They usually max out between two to two and a half feet in length. Um, But they're just like, they stay really, really thin, really, really skinny, Uh, which, you know, and that's partly because of their very interesting diet. Oh, so at two, they, two to two and a half feet. kind of like, yeah. Like you would think in your head, like, okay, that's not like the tiniest snake in the world. My right. Canyon Sambo is a foot long and he eats mice, right? So you would think like they probably yeah. have a normal snake diet, but you would be wrong, my friend. Is it because they're too skinny? Yes. What do you <laughs> think they subsist off of? I mean, I guess they kind of remind me of garter snakes. And I know garter snakes can eat fish, mm-hmm. tadpoles, mm-hmm. Is things like that. Yeah. So garter snakes and rough green snakes are actually in the whole family of grass snakes in that they're oh. like, they're colubrids, but they also are different because a lot of them have weirder diets instead oh, of just like exclusively okay. eating rodents. These guys are too small. Their garter snakes tend to be like four to five foot snakes and they can eat fish and frogs and other snakes and, you know, whatever the heck they want to eat. They're kind of like the little garbage disposal snake. Yeah. But rough green snakes actually almost exclusively insects or similarly sized arthropods. Um, And larger ones, the ones that get bigger, will they'll suck down a snail or a small, small frog. Um, but Delicious. mostly like exclusively insects, which is crazy. Huh. Like that is if I tried to also? offer one of my snakes an insect, right. they would just be like, excuse you. <laughs> you. What are you even doing right now? That's right? ridiculous and, and offensive. Take it away. Exactly. <laughs> like, honestly, I doubt that Ichabod, your Kenyan Sandboa, would even know what you were doing. No, God, <laughs> like, he barely even eats his mice. Some days he's just like, I'm offended that you woke me up. Like, yeah. He's <laughs> not into it literally at all. Um, so also not only like what they eat, but the way they eat is weird. It's weird like even for a weird Ooh. snake. So other colubrids, okay. like you've seen Cornelius eat. You've seen snakes eat. Most snakes are ambush predators, right? It's what they do. These snakes are also ambush predators, kind of. Um, okay. But like ambush predators will sit, they'll lie in wait, snakes will lash out, grab their prey and kind of coil around it as they swallow it, right? Or they'll pull it back um, into their little hiding spot and digest it, you know, wherever they want to. 
Not so with rough green snakes. You can't find videos of them eating. It's pretty interesting. They will seek out their prey, so they don't really wait for it. They're more likely to kind of chase it down, which is already odd enough. And then when they get there, they just grab it in their mouth and start swallowing. They don't constrict. They don't coil around it. They don't (laughs) do anything. They're just like, I'm just swallowing. <laughs> Down this the hatch. eating mechanism is just swallowing and hoping for the best. Yeah, literally. <laughs> if, it, if it wriggles hard enough and escapes, then you know, well, well played to it. Yeah, on ex- to next. Exactly. <laughs> on to the next thing. It knows the game. It knows how to play. <laughs> um, yeah, which is as I literally wrote down the hatch because I was like, yep. <laughs> I have to just all the way in there. Absolutely. Um, all the way which you know, what funky little adorable guys like. They're just That's so amusing. They're just strange little snakes and I'm very yeah. into them. Yeah. As far as their behavior in the wild goes, you know, we actually do know a solid amount about them because they can be found pretty widely, you know, throughout the United States and and they are ex- known to be extremely docile. So like even people that just okay. casually go herping, you know, to go find species and take pictures of them, like they'll just let people pick them up. They very rarely wow. bite. And even wow. if they are going to bite, they're so small, most people wouldn't even notice and they're non-venomous so you know (laughs) hopefully they're not stressed out to the point where they feel like they need to but like people have no problem going out in the wild and picking them up and snapping a picture and putting them back so they're just known to be extremely docile um they do spend quite a bit of their time just climbing up trees and hanging out in trees they don't really come down onto the ground unless it's time to lay their eggs so they have um pretty standard like snake mating behaviors where um there's not a ton of information about that i think because people were just like meh it's basically how all other colubrids like reproduces exactly like Mm -hmm. female lays their eggs on they go i mean they have to mate first and then the female lays fertilized eggs and then they they bury them a little bit into the ground and then the eggs will hatch and you'll have even teeny tinier baby snakes (laughs) Oh my gosh, I bet they're so teeny tiny. Yeah, I mean, like, I think a baby rough green snake has got to be just like, because it's more delicate than a worm, you know? Like, it's just... Oh, I'm dead. I'm just dead, even just imagining it. That sounds (laughs) so freaking cute. I cannot (laughs) even. Ugh, adorable. Also, I just love that they're like, they're fully like little climbers. You know how like some colubrids are like, they can be mildly arboreal, but right. these guys are like full arboreal snakes. That's awesome. It's just fun. You know, they're just like, yeah. I'm hanging out in a tree and I'll come down to maybe so lay my eggs and then I'll come back up. Um, so they tend to breed seasonally in the warmer months, just like most other reptiles, because that's how sure. they're how their eggs are going to have the best chance of survival, um, of hatching and surviving well. There's a little bit of sexual dimorphism with these guys. So just like Mm -hmm. in a lot of other snake species, the females will tend to be a little bit bigger than the males, but there is no color difference. And as far as people Uh, have noticed, there's no like tail length difference or anything like that. It's just like general size. If it tends to be a larger species, it may be a male. Anyone's guess. Yeah. It's yeah. larger if it's a male or it's larger if Sorry, it's a Sorry, female. What I okay. said first gotcha. time. Yeah. Don't yeah, listen yeah, yeah. to me. It's late at night. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I won't listen to you. Wait. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. Uh, before we, before we dive too much into some of the, you know, the, the not as happy, fun, adorable parts about them, would you like to hear about another podcast that you can use to escape from the day-to-day monotony of living in your own house? You know what? I would love that. That sounds like a plan then. Today, I have a little treat for you. Once again, we have cherry-picked off our Lady Pod Squad promo submission spreadsheet um, to come up with a fun little podcast called Happily Ever Aftermath, which (laughs) is um, a podcast all about all kinds of cool things. Did you ever go on vacation with your family and hope the dance instructor would fall in love with you? No, but I did think a guy with a giant boombox playing Peter Gabriel outside my window in the middle of the night meant true and undying love. Listen to our podcast, Happily Ever Aftermath, where we revisit these movies and it turns out they weren't the best ideas. What were you thinking? You can find our podcast, Happily Ever Aftermath, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. You can also tweet at us at H-E-A-M-C-A-S-T, Heemcast. I think it's kind of fun. Like that's a form of escapism. I wasn't ready to delve back into the like murder mystery crime podcast world. I hear um, you. Which is a lot of them. Um, So Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, you know what? Poke fun at romantic comedies. Do that for me. That's that's always good stuff. So that's our podcast. I like to listen to to humorous critiques of just about any film, but especially rom-coms. For sure. For Especially sure. if I can then watch the rom-com too. Right. I like my cake and eat it. Exactly. You got to have both. So yep. if you at home have a favorite podcast that you love to listen to and you want to hear them shout it out on our podcast, send them our way. Please have them email their promo or a little snippet of an episode, whatever they'd like us to share um, yeah. to crittercastpodcast at gmail.com and maybe they will see themselves <sighs> on a future episode. Oh my gosh, Poppy. So fun. I, I know. Did you hear her? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's really tired because she spent the day having incredibly long walks and mm. then sitting on my bed in front of the window and barking at anyone she saw outside. Uh. It's a busy well, I day tried then. to work. It was so fun for both of us. So busy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's our, that's our promo for this episode. Um, and we're super happy to shout them out and hope that you check them out. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. So now we have some additional information about rough green snakes. And Yay. So here's the thing. Everything we've told you guys about them so far, they're adorable. They have a weird but very easy to access diet. They're really docile. They're very small. It might Mm -hmm. make it seem like these guys are super tempting to keep as pets, right? Mm Because it sounds like for somebody that's afraid of larger snakes or doesn't want to feed mice um, or doesn't have a lot of space for a big tank, like this might, you might be sitting there going like, oh my gosh, I have to have one of these snakes. I want one. Can I have one? Friends, I caution you. Because now these are highly exploited in the pet trade. You can usually find them, like if you do a search online, you can find them for like $10 to $20 and they'll ship them to you. Okay. The problem is that most of these guys are wild caught specimens because it is so easy to go out and just collect them. And then they're sold in stores or sold to pet owners. (sighs) And we've talked about that before on this podcast, how having a wild caught individual is just, 
it it's just a little yucky, you know, it's a gray area and it absolutely depends on the circumstances, you know, just the same way, like, uh, uh, a Tiger King type scenario of owning <laughs> wild exotic cats is a bad idea, but you know, yes. a conservation center or a zoo that has individuals right. that can no longer safely live in the wild on their own. And they're working on conservation efforts. Like right. that's a different, you know, it, it's a gray area for sure. I'm not mm-hmm. here to tell people that own wild caught individuals that they're horrible people, but before you go out and get a rough green snake, just acknowledge right. that most of the ones that you see, no matter how cheap and adorable they are, were living in the wild successfully and were taken from the wild just to make yeah. a few bucks. Which is so strange to me because that you can't get a ton of money from them. So it feels like what was the point? You yeah, know, how like funny. but but okay. So that's that can be kind of a problem. They are relatively easy to keep. And even though they're docile, they are not recommended for excessive handling because it's really stressful for them to feel like they're always on display. They're so tiny. They're so small. Because they're arboreal, huh? Right. And these they're right. used to just kind of like hiding in the leaves and among the sure. branches and not being like out on display all the time. They don't have defense mechanisms. So that can be really, really stressful for them. Um, yeah. You know, if you are deciding that you'd like to look into getting a rough green snake, I would just advise you to take your time to do a little bit of research and see if you can find a captive bred, um, yeah. captive, captive born and bred individual if you can, um, or at least a captive born individual if you can't find one that was bred and born in captivity. Right. A, it increases your chances of knowing that you weren't unknowingly contributed to, you know, contributing to... A, exploitative pet trade but also it really decreases the chance that you're going to end up with a little dead snake from all kinds of parasites and yucky things i mean for sure wild animals have gross things yeah well and if you have other animals in your home other reptiles it could Mm -hmm. easily spread parasites to them too so absolutely I think yeah. that's a big thing people don't think about. Like we're so yeah. big on flea and tick prevention in our cats and dogs and being really mindful of those kinds of things. Right. Reptiles are just as susceptible to their own versions of mites and parasites. And because oh, we're yeah. not trained to like look out for signs and symptoms and right. not everybody is really good about their hygiene in between, you know, their animals, mm-hmm. you can unknowingly pass something really dangerous along to like your whole pet your whole little pet family there so yeah wary of wild caught animals for sure um in better news currently this species is of least concern so that's great there's plenty of individual rough green snakes slithering (laughs) around florida to texas um, (laughs) which is lovely um, scientists that, you know, are in charge of conservation and keeping tabs on all that are very aware that urbanization and that the pet trade can present a threat to uh-huh. rough green snakes and their status. Right. But currently, you know, they're, they're doing pretty well for themselves, which is excellent news. That is fabulous, especially because they're so tiny and potentially vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah, because sure they've suffered a lot of habitat loss. Yeah, habitat loss is is a big one. Though they can like they're not super territorial. They like even though they're not social, nice. they 
they can share space without too much worry, but they do tend to get killed by cars a lot because, you know, like, I mean, a larger snake being hit by a car, it might have an injury that it can be rescued and rehabilitated from. A snake that small is is a goner. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, and yep. they can also be preyed upon by larger reptiles, by birds, you know, all kinds of things that are a little less picky about what they eat. Aww. I know. Poor little guy. But you know what? In the end... Birds have to eat too. I know. Circle of life, man. Like that's, that's one of the, the, one of the worst parts about doing all this research about animals is that you fall in love with like the weird tiny creatures, but you also love all the big predators and you're like, the predators eat these guys. And also I eat things and like, this is just life and we can love them and appreciate them and, and root for them and do what we can to support them. And make sure they have a good quality of life while they're alive. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so there, there really is not a ton else to, to say about these guys because there's not a ton to them uh, as much as like, they're just really adorable. And they're just so cute and tiny. And we're excited to share pictures and videos with y'all. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and also, you know, this is a really good time too, for people who, um, who want to get outdoors and have something fun for their kids to do. Mm-hmm. So if you're in the area where, where rough green snakes are or other non-venomous native snakes, maybe go see if you can go herping with your kids and yeah, go try and see if you can find yeah. some rough green snakes or rat snakes or king yeah. snakes or anything really fun. I mean, don't mess with them. Leave them there. Yes. Sure. Bring your camera, bring your phone, take some pictures. Like yeah. this is, think, I think more people should think of herping less like fishing, you know, where you catch the fish and you release totally. it back and more like bird watching. Like you're seeking out yeah. just to see and experience, mm-hmm. um, you know, also, bird watch people, insect watch. Go find those ladybugs. Find those. Spots. Oh yes, like, yeah, absolutely. It just is do so. Ladybug season, not around right other people that you you don't yes. live with. <laughs> well, and that's what's so great about herping is that you, it wouldn't be like going to a beach or something. No, you you could take an easy walk in a meadow or um, or a local like forest that you already are familiar enough with. Yeah. And where there's not a ton of people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fun. Ah, that's I so know. fun. Super, super fun stuff. Um, there are there are also, we'll share with you guys in our notes section and uh, our sources section, there are some care guides out there that are, re- they're reliable care guides. So if you happen okay. to find yourself in a position of caring for a rough green snake. There are some right. there are some care guides that can help you along the way. Just nice. remember the things that we have, you know. Yeah. That we have uh, given you. Oh, the one thing I forgot to mention earlier too is um, lifespan wise, as a smaller snake and a colubrid, they do have a slightly shorter lifespan than a lot of those other snakes that we're thinking about. Um, um, but okay. we see in the wild that they usually can live to at least 10 years, if not more. Nice. So nice still, Excellent. you know, nice long lifespan yep. still. May not be and that like in the 25 wild year, too. you know, ball python, but. Right, right. There you go. Yay. I love it. Thank you so much for telling me more about these adorable little sneakies. I was happy to. 
Just, just thrilled too. Cute. I, I, I don't want to own any wild caught snakes, Mm -hmm. but I would love to hold one and see if I could get it to want to wrap around my arm like a bracelet. Yeah. I will say the one time I held a baby garter snake Uh was probably one of the best (laughs) days of my life because it was so small. Like it was (laughs) so so small and just, just adorable. And I thought it was going to musk me. I really did. And it did. And I I was like, we have formed a connection, my friend. Like bonded. (laughs) We just have (laughs) you at the bottom of your little sour cream tub. Like (laughs) (laughs) that's right. (laughs) I know. Which I, you know, I can't go, I can't go hunting my friend down these days because no, I got to stay away from work, but you know, I got a social distance from work. I know, but I can think about it. I can, yeah, I can still think about my little, my little garter snake friend. And even though most um, rescues and animal shelters are not currently doing adoptions, there are still animals who are out there in the world and who will need a forever home at Mm -hmm. some point. Absolutely. An animal to tell us about? I do. I do Yay. have a pet to spotlight. Um, okay. And I will also say, check, because if you're looking, you know, we talked about fostering last episode. Most shelters, I, I think, have gotten really good responses and have quite yeah. a few fosters and have built up their network, which is great. Um, but there are many shelters that are now knowing that they're going to be closed for a while, figuring out right. um, alternatives for how to process adoptions, no contact, um, oh, and, you know, setting up basically like over the phone counseling and like nice. catch That's pen awesome. meet and greeting. So, you know, yeah. if you're interested in adopting, definitely reach out to your local shelters and rescues and figure out how they are handling things because yeah. you might still be able to. Speaking awesome. of, you know, if you're, if you're thinking, oh my gosh, I want to adopt an animal and I want a snake. I could not find a rough green snake for adoption for you, but I did find a gopher snake for adoption. Gopher snakes are so cool. I know they're gorgeous. So gopher snakes who have a very similar body type and kind of similar-ish patterns to a corn snake, except for that, of course, underneath they are smooth and white and have no patterning like a corn snake um, because they're also colubrids. This gopher snake, her name is Caroline, and she is actually available for adoption right here in the Sacramento, California area (gasps) through the Northern California Herpetological Society. Yay. I know. Because I I wanted, like, I I just did, like, a nationwide search on Pet Finder. And most Mm -hmm. of what pops up are ball pythons and boa constrictors. And I wanted something different. So I went with Caroline, the gopher snake. So fun. So they don't know exactly how old Caroline is, but they know she's at least five years old because of how long she was with her previous owner. But they don't know how old she was when she was when she went into the care of her previous owner because she was not a baby. Oh. Um, they, she is about three and a half years old and she is a female, not three and a half years, three and a half feet long. Okay. <laughs> At yeah, least five years, three and a half feet long. Um, so she's fully grown. Yes, as a as a yeah. female gopher snake, um, yeah. which is honestly not that big for a gopher snake. Mm-hmm. A long time thing. Right, yeah, big. gopher snakes can get pretty big. But... I mean, you know, comparatively based on her, it might make sense based on her history. So Caroline oh. is actually a wild caught snake. And usually you oh. won't see these guys popping up in herpetological societies because of course they advocate just like we do for 
leaving wild animals where they are. But when Caroline was a younger adolescent snake, she was rescued from drowning in a lake that was flooding. And the person that rescued her didn't really know how to safely re-release her. So they just ended up having her as their pet for about four years. And now at this point, it's no longer safe to re-release her because she wouldn't, she just wouldn't have the skills that she would need to thrive. And gopher snakes are, you know, they're not really thriving. I I didn't look up their actual Mm. conservation status, but I know they're definitely not, um, not a species of least concern. So we don't want to put one out there and it would, even if they were a species of least concern, it would be sad to put an animal out knowing that it can't survive. That's that's why we don't advocate for that. So uh, NorCal Herpetological Society states that she's a little bit wiggly, but she is relatively easy to handle. She eats frozen thawed adult mice or small rats um, and otherwise is a, is a pretty easy to care for snake. If you know how to Aww. offer the supportive care a gopher snake needs, um, she, she would be pretty pretty easy to to do that with um the the requested donation to adopt a snake from the northern california herpetological society is 40 dollars. only 40 are you kidding Mm -hmm. and that just helps cover you know vet costs for any animals that need veterinary care in there that's awesome they're so cool If you happen to be a member of the Northern California Herpetological Society, you also get a discount on adoption fees, a $10 discount because you pay, you know, your membership fee every year and that helps support all the good stuff that they do as well, which is excellent. That is excellent. So she wouldn't come with her setup or anything because their fosters need that, of course. But so they can foster more ones exactly as carefully. Exactly, but they're really (laughs) awesome, you know. And if you are looking for a pet snake in your area or not local to the Sacramento area, as always, we recommend uh, reptile-specific rescues and herpetological Mm -hmm. societies often take in unwanted pets. You can check local shelters as well, and then you know if if none of that works or you're interested more in getting. Um, a, a baby from a breeder, just make sure that you know what questions to ask your breeder uh, yep. so that you don't end up with an unhealthy or sickly animal and you're just kind of setting yourself and your new snake up for success. That's right. And if you don't know what questions to ask, go check out our episode on what you need to know to go to a reptile expo mm-hmm. where we talk about how to tell um, if a breeder seems like they're pretty legit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because... It can be confusing. Yeah, don't. <laughs> it can be tricky and overwhelming. Don't adopt, quote unquote, from a Tiger King esque <laughs> and or you know a large big box pet store because you think that rescuing right. from less than ideal living circumstances is right. somehow going to help because unfortunately it's just going to end up getting refilled. Just means they're going to buy more of them. Yep. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Vicious, vicious cycle. Uh, It's just no bueno, no good. But... No. What is good? What is good? (laughs) What? (laughs) More Critter Cast. Yes. I think. At least I think. And I hope that our listeners think too that more more Critter Cast is always wonderful. If not, why are they still listening? I don't know because this episode, not going to lie, there's been a lot of filler chatter because I knew (laughs) we didn't have a ton of info about rough green snakes. And so I was like, we'll just let ourselves 
chittity chattity chat chat, um, which is fine. But right now I need that socialization anyway. (laughs) If listeners, you know, say this was their first episode, they loved it. They want to know where can they listen to more CritterCast? Where could they go? Oh, well, they could probably go to whatever streaming app they used to listen to this episode mm-hmm. and find a whole list of 53 other episodes. Indeed. 53. So and actually, I think it's 53 plus because some of our episodes we didn't label in like the number series. That's very true because some of them are special episodes. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. They can also find us on CritterCast um, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And they can find us. Where else can they find us? On Instagram. At oh, yeah? CritterCast Podcast. <laughs> That's right. And do we have a website? We do. And you can also listen to all of our episodes on our website, as well as access super cool resources like our reptile, our beginner reptile care sheets, our cost and comparison charts for common reptiles that you see in the pet trade, uh, all of our sources, some cool fundraisers that we are really excited about and, and can, causes yeah. we want to support, as well as our merchandise store through Redbubble and our Patreon page. Oh, yeah. All of that can be linked and found on our website, CritterCastPodcast.com. Ooh, you know what else is really cool? Mm. There's a new interview that just came out with us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're so we were, we are, I mean, kind of famous. It's okay. <laughs> no big deal. Whatever. It's so cool. We were interviewed by Jeremy Collins with podcasts we listen to. Mm-hmm. It came out last week. So I don't know what you're doing still listening to us. Go listen to that episode. <laughs> well, I, I hope you're still listening to us because you, you like us and uh, I, I hope so too, because otherwise you wouldn't like that episode because we talk a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So podcasts we listen to, um, you can find them at podcastsweelistento.libsyn.com. Uh, and you can right. listen to all their episodes, including their uh, their episode with us, which aired on March 26, 2020. Right now, it's the third oh, one yes, down. it was a little while away. Yeah, oh so you can I am losing track of my weeks. Listen to it there. Um, yeah, and it's a, it's yeah. lots of fun stuff. We talked and they're a lot on, about animals. We did, <laughs> and we heard some great stories, and we told some great stories. So it was. I really think fun. so. I really do. Yeah. And of course, you can also listen to those on any podcast app that you use to listen to all of your podcasts. Lucky you, you little podcast listener. All the fun stuff. Yeah. If you've followed us on all the social medias, you've you've watched our YouTube videos, our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash CritterCast. Um, you've listened to all of the other podcasts that we've guest starred on and you're just really like really, really yeah. aching for more. You can yeah, check us out are. on Patreon. Patreon.com slash CritterCast is a great way to get exclusive behind-the-scenes content, extra special episodes, some of which are all about mystical, magical creatures oh, never so have been released to anyone other than our Patreon supporters. Nope. Um, and for you. First access to uh, things like new sticker launches, new merchandise designs, all that oh, fun yeah. stuff. Happy to have you join us over there if you are so interested. Patreon is a lot of fun too. And it's only a dollar. 
right? A dollar or two dollars to sign up for Patreon. Yeah, a, a, you can so sign up at a dollar. That'll get you access to like the the first access of like merchandise drops and stickers and stuff like that. Uh, if you want access to the special um, special Patreon exclusive episodes, you do have to go up to two dollars a month. Oh, but, all right, you know. you're right. That is that's like a half of a cup of coffee. Yeah, it's literally not even a whole cup of coffee. <laughs> so you know, do you want to give up one cup of coffee a month for us? <laughs> uh, um, it's it's up to you really you know but we we promise you have a fun time over there it's worth it it's it's really fun it'll, so it'll revitalize you just as much as caffeine oh i hope so that's the goal man that's always <laughs> the goal that is all we have prepared for you here at Criticast today yeah it's pretty yeah. much it's pretty much it we and, hope you're uh, doing okay oh let us goodness. give us let us know how you're doing, friends. Are you are you there? Are you are okay? Are, are you, you okay? trapped? Like Oh no. Did you get outside and see an animal? I can yeah. tell you guys actually, you know, since since we're kind of at the end, if if this is where we if this is where you leave us, thank you so much for tuning in today and we hope that you tune into a future episode. If you'd like to stick around for a little bit of fun just kind of like calm down banter please feel free to stay last night i'm gonna tell a fun story oh boy so yesterday you know i bought a new house right we we alluded to that at the beginning of the episode um moved all my pets in with me so all my critters are here miraculously not being super noisy but like yes you know (laughs) it's a it's a thing we're keeping an eye on it and yesterday i left one of my sliding glass doors to my backyard (gasps) open um more than I thought it was. I thought it was open just enough that nobody could get out while I was out there um, showing someone via video chat because nobody can come visit my new house, my yard. And I turned around and my senior cat was outside with me. And I intentionally had not let this cat outside because he's not current on his vaccines because he's been an indoor (gasps) cat. So I haven't kept up to date on it. Um, I'm shocked and, and appalled. And I know he can climb fences. And I know there's a lot of cats in this neighborhood. And I know he'll fight the cats. So <laughs> I was like, I don't want to deal with oh, this until yeah, I will. have, you know, something secure out there, some kind of catio where they can enjoy some out time, outside time, but not get away and be crazy pants. But unfortunately, with him, it's a lot easier to just kind of let him <laughs> ride it out than it is to like chase him down and try to pick him up. It will yeah, result you do in not want to. blood from definitely yeah. my, myself, maybe yes. him too. Um, <laughs> so I just followed him around. He was out in the yard for probably probably about a half hour sniffing every corner, rubbing his face on things, uh-huh. making sure all uh-huh. the other neighborhood cats knew this is my yard. I don't know what I have you did before in. I moved in. But stay <laughs> There's away, a new right? sheriff in town. And then I went to the other sliding glass door, opened that guy up, and he was like, oh, I'm going to go inside now. So easy. <laughs> easy peasy. Brilliant. Then, a couple hours later, it's dark. We're all getting ready for bed. We're in my bedroom, which has the other sliding glass door. And out of the corner of my eye, I look over and lo and behold, this flame point Siamese, <gasps> most likely Tomcats, big old cat with a round face, just oh no. sitting right out there, notices us watching him, runs away, but it's <gasps> too late. Midnight has oh spotted no. him. Midnight's tail is puffed. He gives a yeah. yell. He runs to the other room to go see the other window to make sure the cat runs away. And then yeah. all day today, all day, 
he was pacing. He was going from oh, window no. to sliding glass door to window to sliding glass oh, door boy. to me to claw at me to stand at the door and stare at me. And I was like, <laughs> good, sir. I realize what you are asking for. I'm not dumb, no matter how dumb you think I am, but I'm not letting you outside to go find that cat and hunt it down. Uh, but that's, that's what he wanted all day long today. Yep. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I'm going to get out there and I'm going to kill that cat. Because it and came also, my, how dare the audacity of that cat. All of his territory, too. Oh, absolutely. All of his work is undone. He's like, how dare you ruin all of that? Like... Yeah. Yeah. So that was my that was my fun time. Living <laughs> living quarantined with five mammals and five <laughs> reptiles um means that I spend a lot of time arguing with cats. <laughs> like really truly arguing with cats. I think yep. I should make a new podcast and it's just called Arguing with Cats. I think and, you should call it quarantined with cats. Oh God. <laughs> and it's just and it's just completely raw, unedited audio <laughs> of the yes. arguments that I quite literally have with my cats. Sometimes I consider myself very civil. We're having reasonable conversations, but then when all they can do is claw me and yell at me, they get far less reasonable. <laughs> like a little more manic. Well, yeah, I mean honestly probably you are not also clawing them, right? No, I don't have claws to claw them. Yeah. So, you know, you're trying your best here. The only tools I have are my voice. They have to understand (laughs) that. Okay. They might have claws. All I have is how loud I can be. (laughs) Um, Which of course don't work with my deaf cat, but she's not usually the one I'm fighting with. So it's fine. <laughs> uh, it's been a time. Oh boy. Quarantine with quarantine with the critters. Yeah. Guys, it's crazy. Yeah. If you guys if you guys want to see some quality uh, Cornelius content, I posted a a little quarantine with him today on my personal Instagram, which is cococat28 on Instagram, all with Ks, no Cs. K O K O K A T. 28 uh, okay. and and then you just oh. get some quality cornelius content excellent um but other than that i don't have any more fun stories currently but i think we could probably tag a little quarantine story to the end of every episode we have to do during quarantine i think that's a great idea we should do that and also people who are listening should post their quarantine with critters please pictures and hot with quarantine with critters yeah so that we can see what your adventures are like i would like to know is anybody else struggling like i am for all you lovely listeners at home thank you so much for tuning in today before you know before we let you go we just want you to know that we love you we appreciate you we know that yes. Crittercast listeners are the type of people that are maintaining their social distancing but Heck not yeah, from are. cool snakes. <laughs> you don't yes. have to socially distance from the snakes. Okay? At least not the non-venomous ones. Yeah. Please yeah. do always socially distance from venomous snakes. Yes. For your and safety and Rampaging theirs. bison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please do. And uh, Arapaima. <laughs> Arapaima. All right. Yes. See you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile. 
Theatercast Podcast.